Welcome to Zero Knowledge. I'm your host, Anna Rose. In this podcast, we will be exploring the latest in zero knowledge research and the decentralized web, as well as new paradigms that promise to change the way we interact and transact online. This is the 300th episode of the Zero Knowledge podcast. And for this episode, I'm going to be doing something I've never done before, which is a solo podcast. I wanted to take a chance to look back at the episodes that have shaped this show. I won't be able to talk about each one because there's 300, but I'm going to just scan them and highlight the ones that really kind of still today stand out to me as some some pivotal moment, some topic or project or guest that looking back, I realized have had kind of a profound impact on the way I understand this space. I'll try to share some anecdotes and some behind the scenes stuff along the way as well. So we are now at episode 300, but let's go back to the beginning. Episode one, Rustfest 2017 in review. Yep, that's our first episode. And I've gotten the question a few times, why is that your first episode? The truth is, I think we'd recorded an episode before that, but the audio was too messed up where maybe we had introduced a little bit better the whole idea of what we were doing. But that first episode was the first one I think we could use. We had just come back from Rustfest 2017. And in the episode, we talk about the venue, the food, the crowd, the tech, the scene, you know, classic event recap type stuff. Definitely a strange way to start the Zero Knowledge podcast if you're listening to it today. But just for some context, going all the way back. I mean, the podcast, I think I've told the, the origin story of the show, but it came about because Frederick had asked in the parody group, hey, does anyone want to make a podcast? At the time, I was working with the parody folks and happened to be there and said, yeah. And so that first episode was just sort of like, it was made for the 10 people in the office with us, really. And I think over time, as the show developed... We got a voice, we got a name, we got a jingle. We just never changed that first episode. We just kind of left it there. When people ask, should, we lis- should I listen to the start? I'm like, absolutely not. It is a strange, not that good episode with bad audio. We don't know what we're doing. It's kind of really, really out of date. Um, but I, I sort of have never had the heart to change it. Like, I guess I could re-upload something that at least has a disclaimer saying like, don't worry, the show gets better. I promise. Um, But I think part of me just thinks it's really funny that it's our first episode. And to be honest, the first 10 episodes or so, you see us experimenting with all sorts of different formats. Sometimes we did a ton of research and then would like be kind of coming pre-prepared to talk about some technical topic. And other times we try interviewing people or talking about our personal stories. We did this two-part series on decentralized storage, which I think had originally planned to be three parts. But in that, I mean... Frederick and I give a lot of backstory into just our interest in technology and why decentralized technology has always kind of played a role in our histories. And you can hear also at the very beginning, we don't have a name. We refer to the show as this podcast for the first seven episodes. It's only on episode eight that we got a name. And I've told this story before, like the name, we knew it was like this cool type of cryptography, which we knew nothing about. And 
the word zero knowledge. We were learning. It seemed funny. And so we named it zero knowledge. It was only on episode 21 that we actually started to introduce the audience to the concept of zero knowledge. So I think this is like three months into it. So we chose the name zero knowledge. And then I had planned on doing an event and I'd planned this, I think for, for a while before we had a name. And it's funny because it was almost like the decision went as follows. Let's do a podcast. Then it was like, let's call it zero knowledge podcast. Then we were like, let's do the zero knowledge summit. But the first zero knowledge summit was actually kind of like this podcast summit. It was just like the name of our podcast summit. But luckily there were some really, really talented zero knowledge researchers that caught wind of the zero knowledge summit, applied to speak, and then came and were on the stage for the first part of the day. And so despite the zero knowledge summit maybe being conceived as just an event, a blockchain event, whatever, it did become the zero knowledge summit by that first edition. On episode 38, we introduced ZK Snarks, Howard Wu. Was, it was kind of the first time we covered that in depth. Just a few episodes later, Benedict Bunz came on to talk about bulletproofs. And I just remember that recording so well because there was like a, an insane heat wave in Berlin and Benedict was actually in town. And it was me, Frederick and Benedict in this like 40 degree recording studio. I think it was at the Gnosis offices, like at Full Node in Berlin. And like we're talking about some of the most complicated cryptography with Benedict, who's an absolute expert on in the field. And he keeps it together. But it's just, it's always a funny one, I think, back to that, to that episode. Episode 44. Ah, yeah. So we did this thing called like Blockchain 101. And we did a few of these. These were definitely very, very formative for me. I think in this case, like Frederick, my co-host at the time, he knew this stuff pretty well. Like he worked with client architectures and, and he understood blockchains much, much deeper than I did. But this was the first time we were actually introduced to the concept of a mempool a transaction life cycle, like basically what happens once a transaction is made and broadcast to this network? How does it actually get like, go from broadcast to being put into one of the blocks? I mean, the topic of MEV came so much later, but I'm glad that we had done that early episode because once MEV kind of came around, I had already had a bit of a mental model for it. Episode 54 we had Isaac and Evan from what was at the time Coda that became Mina, and they introduced us to the concept of recursive snarks. So that was, I think that was like the first year. So the show actually started in 2017. We did like a couple episodes in 2017, but in January of 2018, we started regularly releasing them. And it's pretty interesting because it was like that first year was obviously very formative. I was starting at pretty much zero, basically like no knowledge about the the technology underlying blockchains and definitely had no knowledge of zero knowledge. But just some backstory, like I had worked in tech for about five years and I'd worked in, I'd worked primarily with like front end developers. I'd done project management with them, but yeah, I, I wasn't an engineer. I'm not an engineer. And I think about that first year and how like deep we dove in to some of the hardest stuff in the space. Uh, it's funny when I listen to those, I can hear myself just not fully being able to use the language. Like I, you know, I just didn't know how to say or even how to ask the question about cryptography, about 
infrastructure engineering. Like I didn't have a lot of the mental models for what was actually happening. But at the time, obviously I had Frederick, my co-host, who was an engineer. And I remember that combination of an engineer with, with me. I could ask a lot of the backstory. I think I could understand the architectures and maybe even like I was the stand-in for the audience. I was the person who maybe knew quite a bit less and needed quite a bit more explaining. So I do think it's pretty cool that by the end of year one, we could actually touch on more complicated things like the mempool and recursive snarks. So starting in January of 2019, so this was our second year, we had done two ZK summits. I felt that the ZK community was growing immensely from 2018 to 2019. So many kind of new teams popping up. And I remember that we could finally start programming like way more ZK content into the show itself. We kicked off with an episode about Starks. So this episode was with Ellie Ben-Sasson and Alessandro Chiesa. Ellie having just founded Starkware. I think Alessandro at the time was part of it, but also Alessandro at the time had his Berkeley research group, which over the years contributed to some of the most important breakthroughs in ZK. That same month was the first time that Tarun came on the show. He had been recommended by Niraj, who at the time was at Polychain. Niraj basically pitched Tarun just being like, I met this guy. He's really smart. He like worked in physics and glass and high frequency trading. And now he's doing something with blockchain. You should meet him. <laughs> I remember like reading Tarun's bio too and being like, what are we going to talk about exactly? But it was really fun. And it's funny because in a way that was like, that was the first time we met Tarun. And later he became a friend. And after that, he became a sometimes co-host of the show. And now he's a regular co-host. And yeah, I just think that's kind of neat. In episode 67 was all about formal verification. And so obviously that over the years has become even more of a topic. We have had a, another show on that more recently with, Ver with the folks from Veridice. Um, but that was the first time I was introduced to formal verification, verification security. I think, yeah, that was maybe the first time we really tried to cover that on the show. So episode 72, that was an episode with Alex G and Alex V from Matter Labs. And we talk about this roll-up project that they had in mind. I think it was the first time that we really covered roll-ups or at least like a professional version of roll-ups on the show. For episode 74, I met Justin Drake, who introduced me to the complexity of finding ways to derive true randomness in computer systems. In this episode, he kind of showed why it was so important, but also why it's not as straightforward to achieve true randomness as I'd thought. It's funny thinking about that episode too, like Ethereum at the time had the random beacon as this part of the ETH2 roadmap. I think that that was the reason for the research into this kind of randomness. Episode 75, I meet Zach from Aztec for the first time. He came on the show right then and introduced us to what was Aztec at the time, Aztec One, very different system. I think he had kind of invented his own proving system, but that he'll now declare is kind of was a little bit immature, maybe. Um, since then, Zach obviously went on to co-create Plonk with Ariel, which transformed our, our world. Episode 76. This was the one with Sean Bow, where we talk about all sorts of things Zcash related. But this was the first time that he spoke publicly, I believe, about how it had been to find the bug in the Sprout 
version of Zcash and how as a team they had to kind of like keep this to themselves until they could find a fix. There was like tension to this episode. It was is very much storytelling and I think emotionally this was very hard for everyone involved because because to successfully avoid disaster they needed to find a very kind of special balance. I'll try to kind of summarize what it was, but they had developed this amazing ZK system and had released it into the wild. There was value in the Zcash network already. People were using it. On the team itself, Ariel, who was working there at the time, found a problem, a bug, that would have allowed any malicious actor to go into the private version of Zcash, the shielded environment, and print endless tokens. This is like the worst case scenario for, for a network. And especially the worst case scenario for a privacy-focused network. So Ariel found it and shared it, I think, with a very small group. And then the group had a choice. They could either let people know, but if they did, a malicious actor could go do the thing that they had found. Or they could keep it to themselves and try to find a way to make a fix. And they, tr they chose the latter. It's interesting thinking about this now because this is in May 2019. And we know what happened. They made the fix. The news didn't get out. And they moved on to the sapling version of Zcash. And in that upgrade, were able to actually fix this problem. I think he mentioned there was some tiny, tiny chance that someone had, ex had had a chance to exploit it. But all their metrics and everything they knew showed that it had not been discovered. Only the the inner team had had learned about this. But yeah, it was it was a really kind of cathartic episode for him, I think, to like share this thing that had been on his mind for a while. It's funny to think about that today because looking back, you know, had that had that gone wrong, had that been exploited, Zcash at the time was the premier ZK project. It was the biggest in terms of market cap. It had the most focus on it. It had championed the zero knowledge context. It had it had been the first to educate so many people about zero knowledge technology. So had they kind of had a, an epic hack, I think it would have thrown the ZK community back. People would have been super afraid of this thing. Um, but it also brought up some really interesting questions about disclosure and customer, the risk that customers might be taking and not knowing. ZK security has, in, has become increasingly important over the years. I mean, we, we've done a few episodes on it recently, but I know in our community it's getting more and more important because more and more value is being secured by zero-knowledge cryptography. And a lot of these systems are really, really new. Anyway, I'll keep going. Episode 78 was a Cosmos introduction with Sunny. This was, like, I had been very focused on the Polkadot ecosystem, given that I'd been working at Parity. Like, Cosmos had always been kind of the competition, <laughs> like the other team thinking about this like multi-chain future, but with a very different model. And it was really fun to kind of cross over that bridge and to see the other side, to get to know that system better. I think I already had a lot of friends who worked at Cosmos, but I hadn't fully understood what it was, how it was different. And I think, I think it was really good to, to start to branch out there. Episode 80, I was introduced to Joe and Aaron from Bison Trails. They later got bought by Coinbase. But 
Okay. I mean, that's a funny episode. Joe, it turned out, had gone to my high school like it was so, and it was like only a grade or two away from me. Like it was, and we had a really small high school. So it was kind of pretty random that we had figured out that we were in the same school. And I kind of remember, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I knew your older sister. And anyway, it was, we talk a little bit about that in the show. It was kind of very funny to meet him. And Joe in the show, basically you can hear him sort of pitch me on the idea of like, maybe you could run a validator. Would you want to? And I got to say, like, it was very influential for me. I decided not right then, but soon after to kick off the ZK validator. For episode 87, I interviewed Will Harborn, who at the time was at Ethfinex, and he later became my co-founder on the ZK Validator. So it's kind of all around that time that we were thinking of founding that work. We ended up setting it up in the summer of 2019, and then I think we got kind of into the set on Cosmos at the end of that year. Episode 86 is when I first interviewed Ariel Gabizon, and he came on a couple times after that. I remember finding it so fun to talk to someone who just like his knowledge of math history, the way he thinks historically about math and the kind of contributions. Yeah, I just remember, I think that was at the time, one of the mathiest episodes I'd ever done. Episode 93 was Kobe Gherkin's first episode on the show. So that's September 2019. And I believe that may have been the first time I met Kobe as well. So he came on with Merrick. They were talking about Cello. The topic was light clients and ZKPs. I mean, light clients in the ZK context become so much more relevant after the fact. But yeah, I wanted to mention this mostly because, yeah, it was just that was the first time I met Kobe. Later, we worked on a number of trusted setups together. Then he became part of the ZK Validator. We co-created ZK Hack. And now he's a regular co-host on this show as well. So definitely an important episode. Episode 100 was the first time I met Dan Bonet and the first time I got to know the Stanford group in more depth. We had met Benedict and had him on the show. Um, I think even Ben Fish may have spoken at the ZK Summit when I was, it was around the same time. And I think one of them had introduced me to Dan. Th that was really cool to get a chance to interview him for our 100th. It's an important episode. And I feel like his Cryptography 101 class and the people who've come out of his classes, as well as the research group, the Stanford Blockchain Club, the amazing PhDs who've worked with him, like Alessandro Chiesa's group, you know, it's been incredibly influential on the research and how you think about ZKPs, how you break them down even into pieces. Episode 104 was, for me at least, an introduction to hash functions. You can see a lot of these things are funny because I think if you learn computer science, you learn them in a very different order than I did. Like <laughs> I started with like ZK cryptography, then ZK implementations and architectures. And then I started to learn about hash functions, you know, sort of backwards a little bit. But that episode was with Alan. I think for episode 250, more recently, we actually did an episode with JP and Dimitri revisiting hash functions. Episode 121 was an episode on Urbit, a project that to be honest, I still don't fully understand, but I know some folks in our community are really into it. I actually wanted to point it out mostly because of the timing of that recording. That was the last in-person recording that I did before all of lockdown set in. So the CEO at the time, Galen, invited me to record at the offices and no one was there. And I remember him saying something like, yeah, we gave him three weeks off just until this thing blows over. And, uh, 
yeah, it, it took a lot longer than that. I think that's also the episode where in the intro, you can tell like, you know, the world is changing dramatically and I'm kind of freaked out. I sort of mentioned that. I also wanted to give the audience a heads up that I had recorded this episode two weeks before we released it. So by the time we released it and I had done that intro, you know, the world had changed dramatically. I mean, most of our episodes are actually done over video. So it didn't really change the workflow very much. The in-person episodes had been quite rare anyways. But then, yeah, starting in March 2020, we just didn't have any. Episode 123, we're introduced to Halo with the Zcash folks once again. Dara and Sean, I think, came on for that one. But this wasn't Halo 2. This was Halo 1. Um, quite a, Still a paradigm shift. There were a bunch of interesting episodes and topics that quarter. I learned about FHE with Flavio Bergameschi, Consensus and Hot Stuff with Itai Abraham. I learned about staking derivatives with Alex Evans, who later came on a couple times with Guillermo. Episode 141 was primarily focused on Dark Forest. And it's funny because like, okay, this is now three years ago, ZK Games have come, I mean, there's been more examples, but still to this day, I think Dark Forest has like captured the imagination the most. I remember loving that game. I played it manually. I wasn't writing scripts to do it. I was like clicking on the planet and it had a bit of like a, one of these like social games or like, you know, you were grinding a lot. But I remember losing a day to it, having a, like actually a lot of fun and just finding it pretty wild. Not only were we using ZKPs, we were also using XDI. For me, at least, it was like one of the first times I was like off of the L1 working in a separate environment. Episode 145 was all about Circom and Hermes with Jordi Bailena. And Jordi, I had known from, I don't know if he came to the first ZK Summit, but he was definitely there around the second one. And I don't think I fully realized until maybe around this time how many contributions to Ethereum's survival Jordi had had through the DAO hack and everything, but also just the amazing tools that he had been building for ZK. In that episode, he introduced Circom, which has been one of the most important ZK DSLs. It was the first one that was used widely on Ethereum. I know there's Bellman before that, but yeah, that was a fun episode. And Jordy came back on later, episode 194, to talk about the ZK EVM and the system they had built. For episode 152, I learned all about blockchain analytics. There was like a whole world of tracking other accounts and figuring out what people are doing, mapping strategies that I was so oblivious to until that moment. And, you know, I think if you're deep in DeFi, you know this, but as someone who wasn't really deep in it, I had no idea about that world of analytics. And now episode 162, Frederick left the show. So this is like at the end of year three. Frederick and I had always been co-hosts. He, as mentioned, was the engineering mind. And I was sort of the social, fun community. But like, you know, he had been the, the heavy hitter when it came to the technical questions. And I remember this is the end of 2020. You know, we're deep in the COVID crap. And like, I remember thinking, does anyone want to hear this show without Frederick? Like, I think up to that point, it had been the dynamic of the two of us that really like got the show to where it was. Luckily, though, that year, because he had just become a father, we had had to get replacement co-hosts quite often. And so Tarun, Georgios, and, J and James Prestwich, I think at the time, had joined me for a few episodes to be the interviewer with me. And so by the time Frederick left, there was a little bit of a model for how to continue. Going into 2021, 
Well, there you have the episodes of NFTs and MEV and hardware. And Tarun became much more of a regular co-host around that time. We also, in the spring of 2021, we actually ended up in the same city. We both were in Austin for about six weeks. It was kind of a crazy time. That was when that huge snowstorm had happened. And there was a few of people who had kind of made their way to Austin during that time. That was when Tarun introduced me to Guillermo. And the episode was all about building private AMMs. Guillermo, as you know, later became one of my co-hosts as well. So this is 2021. We decided to do a series on um, roll-ups. So I think there's about like two or three months where I covered optimistic roll-ups with the Optimism team, Arbitrum, ZK Sync, Aztec. And I think there was one that was a bit later that I also included in that. I can't remember who it was right now. I mean, it's funny because if you think about the roll-up ecosystem at the time, there were like four to six players. Like now you think about how many roll-up teams there are. I'm sure someone has a count somewhere. Maybe L2Beat knows. I mean, I would put this number at like over 30 for sure. Maybe more. Summer 2021, I had the Osmosis team on. They introduced me to threshold decryption and how that would affect MEV. I feel like just the idea has been kind of compelling. I don't think Osmosis yet has has implemented it, but I, I hope they will soon. We cross episode 200 at this point. What did I do for episode 200? Let me check. Yeah, so just so you know, as we as we speak, I'm like looking through the, the episodes. Um, ah, episode 200. Yeah, so this was an episode with Alessandro Chiesa. It was all about snark research and education. It was interesting talking to him about teaching ZK at the time too. One of the biggest challenges has been in a fast moving space, say you write a textbook, you might end up writing a chapter that becomes completely obsolete within six months. Like some other system has come up that just makes it so that no one is using those systems anymore or they're not using those techniques. And I think this has been one of the challenges. It was Dave, who also was one of the co-founders of Osmosis, but was in the was in Alessandro's research group originally. I remember Dave explaining to me how you break down a snark into the IOP and the polynomial commitment scheme. And at this point, when you learn about snarks, you learn that breakdown. But I think what people often don't realize is that before it was described that way, you would have to actually read through an entire snark system. It, it hadn't been modularized that way. Like they weren't yet breaking down the snark into its components until researchers like Alessandro realized that you could kind of tease out these modules. And once you could do that, you could optimize those. At the end of 2021, the ZK Validator and the ZK Podcast co-created ZK Hack online. This was a seven-week event with a puzzle hacking competition happening kind of between each weekly session. Uh, we did six puzzles at the time with seven different workshops. It was every Tuesday. And we bootstrapped, we kind of kicked off the ZK project with that series. I think we just thought of it like an event. We'd, we didn't really know that it would turn into a community and, and a project in its own right. And we did an episode on it too, kind of interviewing folks who had participated I got to meet some really great cryptographers, applied cryptographers I hadn't met before. Um, it's the first of its kind. And actually, I can tell you that we're going to be having another ZK Hack Online in January. So yeah, if you missed the first three and you're into maybe checking out what that was, you can join us. 
it's all free and it's all online. So it's really easy to be part of it. For episode 220 with the folks from Polygon Zero, that's Brendan and Daniel. Later that year, Brendan was part of the group that put together the ZK Whiteboard Sessions. Actually, you'd recognize him as one of the hosts. To round out 2022, I remember doing an exploration of bridges. We talked a lot about wallets. I mean, 2022 is kind of a a year of crisis. And we didn't really talk that much about what was going on in the market. We just kind of kept going with the cool research and the great projects. I remember, though, we did want to cover something about Tornado because it was obviously so relevant to ZK. And so we did this impact of the Tornado Sanctions series with episodes 245 and 249. And I think there was one other where we talked about it. But that was a, that was a complicated topic because everything we had focused on was like cool tech. We, we'd had a few episodes about like the legal aspect of blockchain, but this was the first time the ZK community came head to head with legality. And I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call to our community. It forced a lot of teams working in this space to reevaluate some of their appetite for risk. It's so funny because this happened in August. And so there was like three months of, I, I felt like, deep reputational damage to ZK until FTX. And then it was just reputational damage all around. It was almost like the FTX scandal pushed the question of ZK further down in people's minds. Some fun episodes were, as I'd mentioned, the 250, What's the Deal with Hash Functions? Yeah, episode 251, I got to meet Risk Zero for the first time. We saved episode 256 for Dan because we thought we'd have him come back on. And he did this episode about new ZK use cases that I know so many people have referenced. I think this influenced a lot of hackathon projects as well. For 2023, instead of highlighting just the episodes, because it's, it's tricky, like... When I think about this year, I don't know yet which episodes become the most important or the most influential, but I can tell you a few of the topics that I think really were. We covered topics like hardware, ID, on-chain reputation, new roll-up environments, or data availability, FHE and these kind of crossover, FHE and ZKPs, MPCs and ZK. This was also the year I would say of like the ZK coprocessors with Axiom and Herodotus, Lagrange Labs. I didn't have all of them on, but I, I remember talking to Axiom about just that model that they had sort of, they had pioneered at least the term coprocessor and it gave some good framing for what these teams are trying to do. Quantum cryptography with Orsatat. We did two episodes on that that were just very interesting. Some new applications, formal verification and security. Other things would be like new platforms coming out new projects, new places for people to build with ZK, lookup tables. Folding was the topic of, of research. I had a chance to have Srinath on and Benedict Bunz and Binyi Chen from Espresso came on to talk about their work, Protostar. That did seem to be a bit of a theme, at least of this year. We did Ariel's Snark Trilogy, where we tried to give a historic view into the breakthroughs that altered the course of pairing-based snark history. Also had a really fun episode with Zach doing the history of Plonk from the start. And maybe like the zkpod.ai episode. zkpod.ai, where you can ask this thing questions about ZK and my voice or Kobe's voice will give you an answer. And this is based on the transcripts that we fed it from the show. 
ah, we started to touch on the topic of like ZK and ML having Oyi Sun and Daniel on the show. It actually continued from one of the use cases that Dan had mentioned, this photo data provenance as it goes through editing. We went on after that. Kobe and I actually worked a little bit with Daniel. We did the attested audio experiment where we were trying to show that you could use ZKPs through the editing process of audio. They had already done a lot of work on photos, but yeah, this was kind of some work to, to push it into the audio realm. And I know there was this amazing hackathon project where they actually built the attested sensor microphone. That was the one part of our experiment that was missing. We had just sort of emulated it by signing with an Ethereum address. So that's a little bit of a look back. I hope you liked it. I know it's a bit of a weird format, me just kind of going through the different episodes. Something I didn't really say was I wanted to say a big thank you to all of the guests, especially those that came on multiple times, as well as the co-hosts over the years, like Josh Cincinnati, James Prestwich, Georgios, Alex Pruden, who also runs the ZK Study Club, and my current roster of co-hosts, Nico, Guillermo, Kobe, and Tarun. And I want to say a big thank you to my first co-host, Frederick, for those first three years of doing it together. It was during that time that we set up all the systems. That's where I, when I learned how to edit, we learned how to have mic technique and how to host an interview correctly and, and what to look for and yeah, how to make it interesting. I don't know that I would have done it without him. So yeah, thanks, Frederick. I've heard from lots of people who got influenced by some of the guests that they heard on the ZK podcast, and it's very much a choose-your-own-adventure with this show. Like I said, no need to go back to the start to listen to all of them. Pick the ones you like and share them. We're trying, by the way, to like fix up a lot of our old transcripts to get them in better condition so that you can also just read them. I want to say a few words about the ZK podcast team. We have Henrik, who's the editor, Rachel, the producer, and you hear Tanya's voice every week doing the ad. Tanya used to be my producer as well on the show. I'd say day to day, it's mostly me and Rachel. And I think a lot of people in our space have interfaced with Rachel because she also will be the person in touch with you for ZK Summit sometimes or for scheduling of the show. Henrik is the editor of the show. He's, we know he edited the first time Tarun was on, which was January 2019. And he would edit on and off over the years, but then he became our full-time editor in 2020, I think. And he's also a great musical composer who made two versions of our jingle. Yeah, big thank you to everyone who's been part of this journey so far. I really like doing this show. It's something I do every week. I like the cadence of it. I love the fact that I get to meet new people through having them on the show as guests. I get introduced to very, very cutting edge topics by some of the smartest people I have ever met. I have an amazing group of co-hosts. I have a team that has now been with me for a few years. A lot of people, by the way, do pitch to come on the show, but the better way to get on the ZK podcast is to join the ZK community, be present, participate in it, be at our hackathons, contribute good research. This is how I find a lot of my guests. They emerge from the community. They've contributed something. They've, they've been authors on some paper. They've gotten their hands dirty and built something. That's usually what I'm looking for. So yeah, just a tip. So I think that wraps up episode 300. I want to say a big thank you to the podcast team again, Rachel, Henrik, and Tanya, and to our listeners. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.